You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I have a picture of of someone that's almost sitting in a in a in a corner in a dark room and and shame has held you there that the the voice of the accuser of the brethren is holding you there and it's words that have spoken that he speaks to you of things that you've done and how horrible you are and who do you think you are and all of these kinds of things this voice of accusation just keeps speaking to you and you're sitting in this room and I I kind of see you you're kind of huddled up and you, you hear words of destiny and you hear words of purpose and of God calling you and you want to believe it you want to hold on to it. You, you want to know it, but that voice, the enemy is keeping you in this room. And I saw the father walk in and I saw him extend his hand and I kind of saw like there was this line almost that he was wanting you to cross and I just saw him holding up his hand saying, come on, come on. Don't let the enemy hold you there anymore. Come on. And even at the words of saying, you're too good to not believe. And I'm saying, would you believe me if I said that you're loved? Would you believe me if I said you belong? Would you believe me if I said I've called you and I've appointed you? Would you believe me if I said come out from there? I've got you. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. that's for I believe that there's this moment right now where the Lord is saying would you take my hand and come out of there because the enemy has has come to lock you up to hold you there come out come out from there come out from there So, Father, I just pray right now for whoever that person is where the enemy has wanted to lock them up and hold them there. That, Father, right now in their heart, in their spirit is reaching out and taking hold of your hand and coming out from that shame. And I even feel like there's been scales on your eyes that you, you've been seeing things wrongly, seeing things through the filter of that shame, that you're not wanted and that you're not loved and that nobody cares about you. I want you to hear the voice of the Father and say, that's not true. That is not your truth. Come out from there. Come out from there. You are not your mess up. You are who I have called you to be. Come out. Come out. I don't hold you there. I want you out from there. And for your shame, receive double honor. Come out. And as
as I, as I see you coming out from there, I see him placing a robe on you. A crown on your head. No more going back there. That is not your safe place. I am your safe place. I just saw Jesus sitting with you and washing, washing the wounds, washing the wounds of words, washing the wounds of accusations, washing the wounds that you've inflicted on yourself, washing the wounds. pray courage and strength over you to come out from that place and I call you into your purpose and into your destiny I call you I just pray over you that, that the eyes of your understanding be opened that all of a sudden there's a clarity that's coming to the way that you see. And you're having these moments of, oh, I, 
I didn't see it that way. I didn't know. Oh, God. I see what you've done. I see what you're doing. I see it, God. And even greater that there's this place of the reality of the love of God that is washing over you. That you are deeply loved. And there's no amount of performing or masking or anything like you have to do to be approved by God, to be loved by him, but that you are loved. You are loved. And I release that over you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is so good, amen? Man. I love his presence. Man, we had a good, we had such a good time at the, on Friday night, there was a, whole bunch of worship teams that got together and worshiped. It was amazing. I just, I love what's God. I can't even talk. I love what God is doing in our city and bringing us together and connecting our hearts together. No more division between churches. We need each other. We all have a, we all have a part to play. I love last week the the youth and young adults conference that we had man that was incredible to watch there was one night that the presence of god just man it just started to rock us all i mean it, he did the whole time but there was just the last night i was st- sitting up front there and we were worshiping it was in worship and uh Sammy, who spoke last week, was we were standing there and we were watching as the youth and the young adults came up to the front and they were just worshiping. And there were some girls, I don't know. In fact, I later heard, I don't even know if they actually ended up showing up at the right place. They, it was kind of some confusion, but they showed up here and were worshiping. <laughs> which is great. They showed up at the right place. We know how God works, but, and they were just having a moment with God, just sobbing their eyes out as we were worshiping. And then this one girl standing up the front, all of a sudden she just turns around and she starts praying for them. And I was like, Oh, that's super cool. It's wow. This is, that's awesome. But at the same time across the room, another person turns around and starts praying for the person behind them and is like, oh, wow. I looked at Sammy, looked at me, and we're like, oh, here we go. (laughs) And then it just broke out. It was just amazing what God's doing. He's moving. And it's important in these days that we continue to posture ourselves in that place of, God, where are you going? What are you doing I want, to line, I want to align with that. I want to be in the center of that. I think that we have interesting days ahead. I think that there'll be more shaking. I think there'll be days of great faith.
but we want to be in the place of constantly seeking God and knowing where you where where are you at what are you saying God in this moment because when the shaking happens the church shouldn't be shaken And that we don't go with the flow of the world and what everyone else is saying, but we're the voice that leads to the light. But there's a responsibility on our behalf to align our life with the kingdom of God. And I know we've talked lately about... about change that's taking place and transition that God's leading us into in the fear of God. But never before in my life have I ever felt that it wasn't just a message that we hear and say amen and and walk away, but it's something that we make a part of who we are. It might be some intense days that come, but there's going to be some glorious days. Things that we've never seen before take place, but we must make ourselves ready. It's time to make ourselves ready. I'm going to I'm going to just go from Joshua and end, well, I don't know if I'll end in Joshua yet, but never say never when it comes to God, right? I think we all know that. <laughs> I said I'd never be pastor. But I'm just going to show you, talk to you just about a few other things that I felt like the Lord is saying to us in this hour. as old things are falling away and and there's new things that are being built in the kingdom, that there's instruction in the middle of it. And so in Joshua 6, I'm not really going there. I I might just read a little tiny bit of it, but we, we, we learned about Joshua going and taking over Jericho and we've watched the transition of Joshua from Moses dying all the way to going into Jericho and I know we missed a couple weeks in talking about it but as the Israelites were going into Jericho God gave them a rule he gave or he gave them an instruction I should say and this is what he said in verse uh, 18 He said to them, when they went into Jericho, he said, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Then verse 24 says, then the Israelites burned the town. This is Jericho. They burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. So they, it's seemingly that they have obeyed the instruction of the Lord. They went in, they took Jericho. It was an amazing victory. And it seemingly says that they have not taken the things that were to be separated for the Lord. But then we go to Joshua 7. And Joshua 7, the very beginning says, but... Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Verse 2, Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack I. Since there are so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. And so just to paraphrase, they, they sent just a few of their men, approximately 3,000, go up there. But they actually get up there and they turn around and start running for their life. They're being defeated. It says, I'm going to see if I can find it really quickly. 
there was 30 some of them that had died and so they they come back and they're like what the heck you know we just took over Jericho by marching over around a wall you know marched around a wall knocked it down and then they're like this is easy peasy we'll just go into this you know do a, do a little fight take out some men no big deal and instead they've turned running for their life people are getting killed they come back to tell Joshua Joshua falls on his face and he's like god what the heck He's like, you know, it would have been easier. Why did you even make us cross over here? We could have just stayed where we were if this is what was going to happen. And this is what the Lord says in verse 10. I love the Lord. He says, but the Lord said to Joshua, get up. (laughs) Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I command, that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been, has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. It jumped out at me when I was reading it in my own life. But I felt like once again that there are things in our life that the Lord has asked and has required of us to set apart. And it's like, oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, well, sometimes we're reluctant. Sometimes we need to hear about it a few times. But I felt like the Lord say that there are things in our life that he is asking and requiring of us at this time. You must set this apart. And whether the setting a part of it is is things in your own life that you know aren't right. It's sin or maybe it's bitterness or judgment or unforgiveness that you're holding and you're not wanting to let it go. I heard the Lord say, you need to set these things apart. Things that he's been dealing with, with you, with me, of like, hey, this is the time now you need to. Or maybe, or maybe it's just stuff where God's like, I want you, I want you to surrender this. Maybe it's, I want you to give this. I want you to give of your time to this, whatever it is, but there's things in your life that I want separated. See, the Lord, he calls us separated ones royal priesthood says I've set you apart separated ones set things and separate things unto the Lord that's our lifestyle that's what we that's the lifestyle we lead you want this God you can have this you want me to separate this I'll separate this So in verse 13, he says, get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. He says, there's something coming tomorrow. Get ready, guys. Separate yourself, purify yourself for tomorrow. And oftentimes we can't see what's actually coming the next day or what's coming around. But the Lord does. And he comes in these moments and he says, this is, you may not see what's happening. You may not see what's coming. You may not know, but I need you to separate this, this day for tomorrow. It says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, hidden among you, Israel, are things that are set apart for the Lord. And this, this just gets me. The end of this verse says, you will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. This is, this is the goodness of God right there. He's like, hey, these things need to be separated because It's making you weak. There's a real enemy. 
And I think we've all in our lives, I know 100% can say that we've experienced attack. We know that he tries to hold us back and he tries to get us to sit down and he, and he does bring attack. There is an enemy of your soul. And, and the thing is, is that a, a lot of us, many of us can probably all say this is we know that place when God begins to speak to us and say, I need this to be removed from your life or I am touching this thing. And when we don't surrender to it, it makes us weak. It. it It grates on our conscience. Do we still have boldness when we go into? Absolutely. You go into the throne room of God, but then there's that place in us when there's things that we're holding back from God. Usually when we're holding back from God, things that he's asking of us or things where he's putting his hand on, usually we'll retreat from God too. And so God shows up and says, listen, there's some battles that you're going to need to fight tomorrow. And I have given you the victory. But there's some things you need to separate from. That's the, that's the love of God. It's like, I know where I'm taking you. I know where we're going. I know the victory that I've given you, but for today, you need to deal with this. And I felt like the Lord come again to us and say the exact same thing. Like, look, church, there is some ground that I have given you. There is territory that I'm wanting to give you, but there are some things that I'm speaking to you about. It's time to separate from it. the enemy has been having his way in our lives and allowed to remain in areas of our lives because we wouldn't surrender and it's caused a weak church and a weak people and I wrote this to myself what is the Lord requiring of in your life that is allowing the enemy access something only you can answer in your own heart. There are two kingdoms. The kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of this world, which is the kingdom of Satan. Which one are you allowing influence in your life? Then verse 19, Joshua says to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Did, don't hide it from me. That's something that I've been praying in my own life. Is God, show me the truth of what's going on on the inside of me. Don't let me lie to myself. What's the truth? God, you know. And so Achan replies, he's the one that stole the stuff. He says, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. And I wanted them so much. I took them for myself. I wanted it so much. 
This is so I hid it. I, I wanted it. It's what I wanted. And that part jumped out at me too. I wanted to be able to stay here. I wanted to be able to stay in this place. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to have unforgiveness. I want to get revenge. I want to stay in my sin. I want to stay in this place. I want to keep this. The Lord says, no, I need you to separate that for me. I'm going to show you something. So the Lord deals with Achan. You can read what happens. It's, it's not pleasant. We'll move to Joshua 8. <laughs> so then Joshua, in Joshua 8, verse 1, the Lord said to Joshua, don't be afraid. Achan's dead. Okay, I'll, you can read it, but Achan dies. And so then they move on. The stuff is the stuff has come clean and it's 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 been dealt with. And so the Lord says to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack I, which is back to the place that they ran from in defeat. He says, for I have given you the king of I, his people, his town and his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time, this time, you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourself. Sit in ambush behind the town. And I loved this because I, I read it and he's like, he required of them to give up, to separate some stuff from them in Jericho. But now they're going on to the next place and God says, you get to keep this. This, this stuff you can keep for yourself. And I love that because in a moment ago, we see Achan being like, but I wanted it. I wanted to keep this. It looked beautiful to me. It felt good to me. And so I kept it, but it actually caused destruction in his life. And then in the next chapter, right away, God says, you get to keep this stuff. See, a lot of times we don't understand why God is requiring stuff of me. But whenever we are obedient, there's always blessing that follows. There's always something greater that he has for you. So oftentimes we look at it like Achan and be like, but I like this. But I like this place. But this place feels good. But I want this. But I don't want to separate myself from this. But you don't see what God sees. And he says, hey, there's blessing on the other side of this. I'm going to bless you. I'm still going to pour out for you. I'm not taking away just to take away. I've got greater for you. And I love this because it's this place of us being able to see that when I surrender, even though I may not want to, even though there's maybe a cutting away and it may not feel good in the moment, there's blessing for you on the other side. I'm just going to move to Joshua 9 for, for time. So in Joshua 9, or in the next chapter... Word is spreading that, they're, that, that the Israelites are coming and that God is on their side and they are taking ground. And so verse 1 says, Now all the kings west of the Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, who lived in the hill country in the western foothills, and also the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far north as, Leb as the Lebanon Mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. So they're like, we've got a problem. These men are coming. Let's all join together. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to I, they resorted to deception to save themselves. And I felt like the Lord say this, be on guard for deception in these days. Deception to save your own self, to protect yourself. That the enemy would come in these times and say, hey, that's okay. 
you're justified in that. That's fine. You you can do that. You can you can you can um, be mad about that. You can sin. You can stay there. The world is doing it. It's legal. I don't know. Whatever. Right. That. But but I heard the Lord say, don't and be on guard that you don't fall into deception. Deception is where the enemy will intend to trip you up and cause you to become deceived. Listen, and I know this because I've heard it from many people, but I've also in my own life that the enemy is working overtime right now to speak to you and their lies. Telling you things about your identity I've heard many times people say insignificant. I don't matter. I've been mis- I've been replaced. That's deception. Don't buy those lies. If you can't find that that in scripture, it's not truth. Watch for deception in these days to save your own self. Or even in the matter of God saying, I, I want you to separate this and, and the enemy coming saying, it's okay, you don't need to. Or even God wanting you to maybe make relationships right, deal with that place and you're saying, I'm justified to stay where I am. God says, no. It's not the days. Make sure that in your life there isn't an inability to acknowledge error because that's an unrepentant spirit. And that will hold you back from your ability to encounter God. And so questions to ask yourself is right now, Lord, do I have deception already in my own heart? Am I walking in deception right now? Have I been thinking things through a filter of deception, of lies that I've bought the enemy? And the other prayer is, Holy Spirit, help me not to lead into deception to save myself. I'm telling you, one of the biggest prayers that I've been praying lately is help me. I don't even have, I don't even have other words. Help me. You too? <laughs> See, we're like Charity said, we're not the only ones. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. And the other big warning I heard was pride. Pride is often something we use to save ourselves. Watch for pride in this time. So these men acted in deception because they were afraid and they deceived the Israelites by pretending they were somebody else. And so they show up to the Israelites. They show up to Joshua and they literally are just from a couple towns away, right? These Gibeonites, they're not from far away, but they pretend that they are. And so they, they come up with this plan that they're like, I know what we'll do. We'll bring moldy bread and we'll make our clothes look holy like we've been walking for a long time. And we'll show up and we'll make them think that like we need their help or they need our help. No, we, whatever, you know, we need their help. <laughs> And so they, they show up and, and the Israelites assess the situation. They're like, oh, guys, we're so tired. We've been traveling for like weeks. And they're like, well, how do we know you've been traveling for weeks? And they're like, look at our bread. Our bread, we literally took it out of the oven as we were leaving. And now the bread is moldy. And look at our clothes. They're holy. And, and the Israelites are like, oh, no, we must help you guys because this must be true. And, and in verse 14, it says, so the Israelites examined the food. They look at it and it says, but they did not consult the Lord. 
And then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with binding, with a binding oath. And I, I saw that again, they did not consult the Lord. And I know I've said this many times over the course of us looking through Joshua, but, but this is not the time to not be seeking God's face about everything. Even if something seems right, looks right, must be right, consult the Lord. Consult the Lord. And so Joshua makes this peace treaty with them, guarantees their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. And then three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. They're like, darn it. And so Joshua goes up to them. In fact, they had a chance to kill them, but they didn't because of the oath. And Joshua goes up to them and he questions them. Why did you deceive us? And they said, because they knew we were going to be destroyed. And so verse 26 says, so Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the Gibeonites, the woodcutters and the water carriers for the community. Wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that was what they did. And that is what they do to this day. They had made this oath to them. Even though they didn't consult the Lord, there was an oath that was made and they followed through. It's like, no, we made an oath, we will do. And I, I felt like the Lord put an emphasis in this hour, in this time, honor. You must walk in honor. You must honor one another. You must honor your leaders. Like honor you must walk in honor and and i know that in in days past we've you know sometimes we've skewed honor but honor is humility like i am i'm here i'm here to walk alongside you i'm here to serve you i'm not going to speak against you i'm going to walk with you i we must choose honor and i'm i'm going to say this that, that even in politics, even in our leaders, we may not like the choices that they have made, but understand this, that the Bible says that God will remove whoever he wants to remove, but the leaders that are in position, he's put there. We may not agree with them, but we must not dishonor them with our words. Be very careful. See, we have been given prayer and we can pray and there is authority when we pray. But do not partner with dishonor because dishonor is not a part of the kingdom of God. It's a part of the kingdom of Satan. And God will not partner with dishonor. He will not. And so we need to be very careful in this time that our words speak life. Our words speak peace. Our words are words that honor, honor one another. Be very careful when you speak against other people. Understand, remember this, God will not partner with that. And I, I even felt like, I even felt like there was a warning in this, that God has, is, is giving strategy to some people in this hour. He's giving you strategy to, to work with people, strategy into fears, spheres of influence where he's going to walk you into and he's going to place on you um, um, things to come into order, ways to make things work. Maybe even, maybe even in the political system, maybe in, in just different spheres of influence, but, he's, but there was this warning in this.
that he will give you the strategy. But if you begin to operate in dishonor, if there's dishonor in your heart, he won't put his hand on it. And so I, I felt like this, you know, fear of God moment. That the people that you walk with or the people that you serve on a daily basis or leaders or any honor, that we walk in honor. Choose integrity. things that have happened to you in this season that would say that are not fair, not right. Why is this happening? Your tendency would be to lash out and to get revenge. Or maybe just to quietly hold a grudge and to hold that bitterness in your heart. And I heard the Lord say, choose honor, choose honor. I walked through something similar not that long ago. And actually God kept bringing me back to this, to this chapter of them honoring their oath. But I, oh, I was so mad because I felt like, I felt like I got, I got deceived. I felt like somebody pulled the wool over my eyes and I, I couldn't believe that I was in the position that I was. And the, and the crazy thing is, is I'm a very smart person. <laughs> you all are too. I'm, I'm not saying I'm smarter than you, but I, but I knew how to get revenge. And I knew that I could take them down for what they did. And, and it felt right. It felt like that would be justice. And I could get justice. I could do this. And God kept taking me back to, no, you will choose honor. You will walk this out. And I, I would get back into a place like, yeah, I'm going to walk this out. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I remember one day I was, I was walking and I just literally, I was, I was at the lake and I was walking down and I was just literally sobbing, just so upset, just, just like, I can't believe this happened to me. And then it would rise back up in me like, well, I'm going to take them out. So what's going to happen? <laughs> Nobody else has felt like that except for these two laughing, I think. <laughs> You know, but I, I just, I, oh, it just, it was so maddening to me. And God would take me back to this. Go read that. You will walk in honor. You will honor. You will honor. You will honor. Because I will not partner with that decision. I won't put my hand on it. I won't bless you in it. You will walk in honor. And I felt like that was for us that, I don't, I don't know, I just felt like there's some people that are like, this is wrong. I could, I could, I could fix this. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say, you walk in honor. You will walk this out in honor. And watch God bless it. Okay, I'm almost finished. And I wrote this too, just prophetically, that some of you are being tested in certain areas of your life right now, there's testing going on in this place. And I, I just feel like the Lord give you the answer to your test. Walk it out in honor. Walk it out in honor. I'll just go to Joshua 10 and I'll just show you how them walking it out in honor turned out. So the king of Jerusalem finds out that Israel is destroying every place it goes, and he finds out that they have made an oath to protect Gibeon. So he goes back to a bunch of other kings and says, let's get together and destroy Gibeon. So they set out to destroy Gibeon. The men of Gibeon find out this is what has happened, and they run to tell Joshua and ask him, help save us. Like there's, they're, they're coming for us now because, you know, we've joined forces with you. And so verse seven says, so Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, everyone, they left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. 
Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. And this is cool. The Lord threw them into a panic and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horan, killing them all along the way to Ezekah and Medeca. Medecada, and the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horan and the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm. The Lord was in the middle of it from heaven and he continued until they reached Ezekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. In other words, the Lord took care of it more than what they were even fighting. The Lord did it. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Hajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely, surely, say surely. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. And I read that and what kept it was, it said, because you honored me, because you walked in honor, I will honor you because Israel chose to honor the oath the Lord honored them amen 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 I'm excited for where the Lord is taking us and I know these are days of transition but listen keep looking up keep looking up whatever the Lord is pressing on your heart I know I know he is because I know he's doing the same thing to me separate it to him and see what the Lord's gonna do surely the Lord fought for us that day We'll look back. Surely the Lord fought for us that day. Amen? Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.